When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, good afternoon, fellow Hopi Americans. I'm your host, Carl, and this is J-Man. Welcome to our show. What up, what up? <laughs> so, how was your weekend? The weekend was good. It's <laughs> I made a post on Facebook on Saturday. I, I mentioned that how uh, relief, uh, the relief that I felt to be able to drive around Tuba on a Saturday. And people were kind of like, all the city Hopis were kind of clowning on me. You know, like, they, did, they didn't get it. But I had to remind them that, man, shit, we've been on lockdown for, you know, numerous weekends. Yeah, that's um, right. On, huh? on the Navajo side. Yeah, you guys were on and, lockdown. And so we weren't allowed to leave our homes uh, for, for the durations of, you know, Friday night all the way till uh, early Monday morning. And so they lifted it. And so over the weekend, I was able to go to Bashes and, and get some things, man. And it felt so good. Like, you, you it was like the old, old, old reservation days where yeah. you weren't allowed to leave the res and, it's, you know without it's the, those little things that you take for granted i guess yeah so that was that was kind of uh, i guess the highlight of the weekend aside from you know the usual weekend stuff uh, how was yours uh actually i didn't do anything much just the field and just didn't brush my hair for the, <laughs> you didn't try so I didn't, soap I didn't in try, the shower I didn't again try that again no I, <laughs> I that's my that was my first and last attempt of it well, I, I think that one of the highlights of the weekend was that, you know, because um, last week on the sh- on the uh, episode, you mentioned that we're doing great on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And yeah. even from then to now, we're doing even greater than that. Oh, yeah. Like, like, would you say it's an accurate statement to say that we have hundreds of listeners? I think we have hundreds of listeners. We're past the hundred. Uh-huh. We're going like to- we're hundreds. Yeah, we, we can we, add we the, can, S, we can the, add the, the S at the end. And so obviously the overall goal is to get to the thousands. We're, our obvious goal is going to get to the millions, basically. <laughs> to get to, to reach the millions That's and millions. The millions is what we want. And so, you know, thanks thanks to you all, you know, to the listeners um, for giving us that support and still sharing our information via your socials. And uh, speaking of socials, one of the things that I wanted to mention is that, you know, in addition to having Facebook and Twitter, we now have Instagram. Yeah. And so go look for us on Instagram. Um, I believe it's Carl dot Carl N underscore podcast. Sorry for making that so um, why complicated. Did you, why did you make it so complicated? <laughs> but we're 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 on Instagram now. So if you can go give us a follow, I'll work. I'll work on fixing fixing. <laughs> just that, go to our Facebook name. page and just follow the Twitter link from there on. <laughs> and so, um, but one of the, uh, I guess, the cool things that has been happening to me over the weekend is that I'm getting a lot of messages now, really, from uh, some of the listeners and kind of you know giving suggestions yeah. for what we could talk. 
talk about on the show. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we wanted to definitely take that into consideration. So if you're a regular listener, I, I guess, you know, this is this is episode four. So I guess technically we have regular listeners. Yeah. Right? If you're a regular listener of the show and you have this, you know, hot topic idea of what you think that we could talk about, uh, shoot us an email. Our email is uh, cjpodcast85 at gmail. So cjpodcast85 at gmail. Send us an email and then, you know, we'll um, take it into review. And so some of the things that folks were were suggesting was like a word, a whole word of the day. A whole P word of the day. And, you know, I... One of the th- that what that made me think about is that in these uh, previous episodes we use you know Hopi words pretty yeah. consistently, yeah. but I don't think that we've ever really stopped to uh, I guess give the definition of those words because you yeah. know not everybody is um, understanding of our language, and so one for example that we always use is uh, Bahana, yeah, which means. Which means a white man. Which means the white man. <laughs> and then another one that we haven't used yet, but, you know, potentially could come up is Castilla. Uh, yeah. Which refers to, um, well, I guess back in the old days, it referred to the Spanish, Spanish settlers, yeah. the, the conquistadors. Um, but now, you know, we use it as a term to describe anybody that speaks the Spanish language. And then the other word is, um, I don't know if this is a word that you use a whole lot. It's, it's a word that I use, but Sakam uh, Castilla, which is uh, African-Americans, yeah. which I guess is kind of an inaccurate term because then, you know, the, the actual meaning is uh, a, a black Castilla yeah, or black, a black Spanish, Spanish but yeah. you know, our, our language hasn't really evolved. And so <laughs> I, I think one of the things that, you know, is that in regards to how we talk about other ethnicities, other people, it's just asking, it's like asking a little kid, you know, what flavor uh, Gatorade do you like? I like red. I like blue, <laughs> even though, you know, the correct terminology is, you know, like fruit punch or, you know, like blueberry, blueberry yeah. blast or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. like who's that at the door? It's a white man. <laughs> who's your sister dating? It's a black man, it's a black man. <laughs> and so, you know, unfortunately, you know, that, that is how we talk. And so, you know, I know that in our um, last episode, you know, that is kind of some of the ways that we were talking about. But um, for for this podcast, one of the things that we did want to emphasize is that we wanted to show the reservation voice and the reservation perspective in all facets. No, because um, a lot of the times, you know, when Native folks get out there and they talk about, you know, uh, Native people, uh, Indian people, Indigenous yeah. people, American yeah. Indian people, et cetera, et cetera. It's that we always only do it from the positive perspective. Yeah. We only use the words that make us sound great. We're resilient people. Like native strong. We're native strong. Um, you know, all of these other terminologies that we use to describe their, to, to describe ourselves, which is great. And I understand why we do it that way. But I also believe that, you know, in terms of truly looking at yourself in the mirror, that, you know, there are some sides to us that, you know, we always, almost always um, kind of ignore because it's something that we don't want to yeah. acknowledge. And, but, you know, as, as for, for native people, especially for res people, you know, like uh, some of the, some of the, I guess the negative sides, you know, if you want to call it that is that, you know, we're not very PC. No. Um, we're, we're not politically correct. And, you know, we use a lot of probably the wrong terminologies when we're talking about something. We still live in the 1950s. We, so. we still live in the 1950s, you know, and you know, I was thinking about it before, you know, our grandparents were yeah. worse, you 
you know, were worse than, than we were. And then, you know, there's, you know, unfortunately, you know, as, as, as strong and resilient as we want to paint us, unfortunately, you know, some of us are drunks. Oh yeah. Uh, some of us are meth heads. Yeah. Um, some of us are, are crooks and criminals, you know, like the old adage, you know, there, there's good Indians and then there's bad Indians. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but to truly give this, uh, res perspective, to truly give this res voice, I think it's important to, uh, include all areas of what that means, the of good who, and the bad. Of who we actually are, basically. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, if, if we offend you by anything we say, uh, just know that it wasn't intentional. Or just don't listen to us at or, all. Or, don't <laughs> say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I apologize ahead of time for Carl's comments. No. <laughs> and so, you know, moving forward, you know, I think that for this episode, um, we wanted to, um, I guess, talk a little bit more as it results in, I guess, as it um, involves the urban experience. But definitely, you know, one of the things that we wanted to talk about that's a, a hot topic, you know, in Indian country is uh, college, going oh, to college. And yep. so, you know, J-Man and Carl go to college. And so um, if taking it back to your younger years as a child, what was your interpretations of college? Well, you know, I, I come from a family that has, um, that's gone to college. Okay. And, uh, you know, my uncles went to college, you know, all their wives went to college. Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah. So we were, we're basically like, you know, the, the, the smart people around here. In, in the village. In the village. And all you brown people just, uh, you know, but as a child, as a child, we never thought about going to college. Oh, really? Yeah. I, well, you know, we thought about going to school. Yeah, that's that's correct. And my my thing was like, you know, oh, I'm just going to finish high school. Then I'm just going to be bumming it for the rest of my life. Hang out at so hang, hang it out at so and Well, you know, you're kind of doing that right now. So. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think for me, when I was a kid, um, you know, when you're when you're a child, you know, you believe you can do anything. Yeah. Right? You, you believe yeah. that you can uh, be Iron Man, Superman, the Incredible Hulk, do whatever it is that you want. But I think when you actually get older and into those teenage years and then that's kind of, I guess, the first time you get a taste of how hard life can be. Yeah. And so I know that by the time that I got to high school, because I knew as a little kid, I always thought, you know, I'd go to college. Yeah. But I think once I got to high school and then, you know, I I felt like that college wasn't necessarily in my future. Yeah. And I think I thought that because um, I, I didn't really know a whole lot about college when I was in high school. But no. the two things that I knew about high school when I was um, when I was that age was that I knew that college was uh, very expensive. Yeah. I knew that college or at least in my interpretation was that it was very hard to get into. Oh, yeah. Like you was. had to be smart see, to go to college see, is what I thought. When I, when I watch movies and everything, you know, the, the, the interpretation of college was like, okay, all frat parties and all like, you know, uh, you know, girls gone parties wild. And yeah. Girls gone wild. Kind I'll of get stuff. a girlfriend for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my interpretation of college. And it's like, okay, I'm never going to go to college because I'm not like that. You didn't like girls? No, no, I'm I, I'm not like you know a white man. I, I don't I don't see it that way. You know, it's like I was a because sh- I I told you before I'm a sheltered kid. So I was like, okay. Well. I think most of our viewers know that by now, Carl. <laughs> but I'm cool. I know everybody thinks I'm cool. So. <laughs> 
Um, and so I think that uh, I guess one of the reasons why I had this perception of uh, college was difficult to access when I was younger was because, um, unfortunately, you know, any I guess uh, kind of dissed on our, our alma mater a little bit here and there, but you know, our reservation schools, yeah, um, aren't necessarily situated to support students to go to college, um, and that's just you know the dynamic of it. Some yeah. reservation schools are better than others to be oh, able yeah. to support you know high school students wanting to go to college but i felt like at the time when i was in high school that only the excelling students were encouraged to go to college to fill out their applications and start thinking about that but uh somebody a student like myself who was probably average to below average uh we were just passed off to the military recruiters we were passed off to the vocational school recruiters. And so I think that kind of helped to, uh, I guess, strengthen this perception that college was a difficult place to get to when I was younger in high school. See, my, my thing, when we were in high school, I thought that only jocks went to college. And, it was like, and, and party guys and party guys is jocks and party and real guys pretty girls and pretty girls go to college. That's it. You know, and it's like, mm. and you were neither. And I was neither of that, but I was cool. I thought I was cool. <laughs> I'm sure Sol thought that too. Sol still thinks I'm cool. And, and so I, I guess, I guess for me, uh, what, what ultimately helped me to get to school or to college from high school was that I, I did sports, I ran cross country, yeah. I played basketball, I ran track and field. And then when it got to my senior year in um, high school, I think kind of what, what saved my, well, I mean, not necessarily saved my life, but helped me to get to where I'm at right now is that there were two schools that were interested in me to run for them, to run yeah. cross country. Okay. And uh, and one of them was the uh, was Southwestern Indian Polytechnic Institute that was SIPI um, that we talked about the yeah. last time, which yeah. is in Albuquerque. And the other school was uh, Phoenix College yeah. down in Phoenix. And I really wanted to go to Phoenix College. Uh-huh. That's the place that I wanted to go to because then, you know, we mentioned about how often we visited Phoenix yeah. and that, you know, it was always this... Uh, I guess this idea that I had that I at at some point in my life I would always move to Phoenix. And plus that's where all my friends were going to go to school too. They're all going to go to school down in Phoenix, so that's where I wanted to go. But I think because of the tuition uh of the cost of it down at Sippy, that's ultimately what cho- what drove me to make that decision to go to that school. Um and so um I guess you talked a little bit about the decision or how that decision came about to go to the school that you went. What was the name of the school that you went to? Well, they took all of my money and they hit the, you know, they hit the road pretty much. But (laughs) the college that I went to is called Al Collins College. It was a technical school, so. A refrigerator school. (laughs) No. They had a a basketball team. (laughs) And and so you know so essentially you know we we made the jump from high school to college and then you know I think I kind of had those similar uh, preconceived perceptions of college before I went you know I thought that there was going to be these big parties yeah um, kind of like on the movies where they have um, they show like classroom sizes and you have these auditoriums filled with like two hundred yeah. to three hundred yeah. students and then you know you're going to be in there and see your students and you're not going to um, really have any opportunity to stand out and so that's kind of what I. I thought it was going to be too, uh, but when I actually got to Sippy, um, I, I think that uh, to go to a tribal college is definitely definitely a unique experience because, in a way, I left the res 
And I didn't leave the res because Sippy always was, in my opinion, just this res that was in the middle of Albuquerque. The res, res college, pretty much. The res yeah, college. Yeah, the res college. The res college. Sort of like uh, NAU is now the res college, pretty much. I, I guess I guess so, <laughs> I, it, in some ways. Yeah. But um, when, I, when I did get down to Sippy, I think that one of the things that I really noticed about the campus was that a majority, if not all of the buildings except one, were really old buildings. Yeah. And you could tell. Um, there was one real nice building. And I think when we got there, they let us know that, you know, that building was probably made within the last three years. And then um, going down to Sippy for the first time, I didn't feel like too uh, scared or I guess um, nervous about it because uh, fortunately for me at the time, I had a really good friend from high school Uh that was going down there with me and he was going to go run cross country too as well. And so I knew beforehand that all of us runners that were going to be on the cross country team that we were going to share dorm rooms. Okay, So we were all going to be in the same dorm room. And I knew that him and I were going to be roommates, so that kind of gave me some um, some some sort of, like, of relief, like uh, sort of something like uh, taking something from home, taking taking something from <laughs> home exactly. Well, when, with me, I mean, it was all new people there. You know, the the black guy, the you know the white guy, and the Navajo guy, and and that special mac and cheese. <laughs> but you know the. Everybody, everything was new to me. There was nothing that I seen that was out from out home, you know. And I felt very, very lonely for some reason. I was like, man, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's not enough dirt around here. There's not enough sand around. Too much pavement. Too much pavement. You know, it's like my bike doesn't get stuck anymore. What's going on? You can ride your bike freely, and you're like, "What's this feeling? What's this feeling? What's going on? How come my shoes don't have sand in them for some reason?" And so, um, when, when you got there, um, and I guess when you got settled in into your apartment, was it an apartment? It was an that apartment. You lived in? Yeah. We lived in an apartment. So it wasn't a dorm. It wasn't a dorm. No. So you had all the amenities. We have all you, you the had things. bathroom. Yeah. You could close the door behind you. We, yep, Nobody exactly. walks in on you, your, your own shower. Yep. Because I think that that was one of the things that really scared me when I first went to Sippy because I didn't know what the restroom situation yeah. was going to be like. And so um, the dorm rooms were really old uh, buildings as well. Yeah. And so uh, basically what the dorm room was like is that, you know, it was probably like, I, I don't know how, how best to describe uh, footage, but, you know, it was like a 12 by 12 room, I like guess. Or maybe maybe bigger cell like maybe bigger than that and then you know there was two bunk beds in the room so that it could fit four and each person got their own closet each person got their own desk that they could work on but then when it came to the bathroom situation it was like (laughs) this big public restroom there was probably about six stalls in there really and then about six sinks and then you know a mirror so almost kind of like you know like the real old dorm type of situation and i remember when i was at that age that like most people I had trouble taking a dump in a public restroom. (laughs) And so when I found out that this bathroom situation was like that, I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? How how am I going to be able to do my business? Because, you know, I have problems uh, using a public restroom (laughs) if it's uh, for anything other than, you know, going number one. Yeah. And so uh, but eventually, you know, I got used to it. 
And so to this day, I, I credit Sippy for helping me to or learn you how to use a public restroom. Or helping you fart in front of uh, people, right? And the older that you get, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that, uh, we, I guess that's that's a, a, a skill that's taken for granted <laughs> to, to be able to use a public restroom. But that's kind of one of the, the, the immediate things that I remember when I moved into that dorm. It's crazy. Yeah, you must not be res enough to do that because we take dumps outside of the house pretty much. We have outhouses. We still had outhouses. You much. you show me an outhouse that has six holes in there <laughs> where six people can be in there at the same time. I took a dump with my sister because there were two toilets in that outhouse. You know, my soul's outhouse was the same way. We used to race. And so, you know, you both go in there at the same time and you plop yourself down. It's crazy. It's race. Like, yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, when you were a kid, you know, taking dumps besides each other, you don't. It's like, yeah, my sister's taking a dump beside me. I don't Talk care. about bonding moments. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so i i guess aside from from the living conditions um what were your uh classes like at at the school that you were at see when i i already kind of had this uh this idea of how the classes were going to be like and so when i went over there um my expectations were like just thrown out the window it's like okay yeah i mean classes were like maybe 10 people at most Really? Yeah, it was like weird. It's like 10 people. And most of the time that I didn't know that you could go to school at night, which, which was weird because I always, I always thought that going to school meant going to school from 8 o'clock till 3 o'clock. And that was it. That was the high school thing. I didn't know that you could take night classes. And that was like the, that was like the mind-blowing thing. It's like, man, you could take classes at night? I think that really is one of the big shocking things because, you know, you get so used to that high school yeah. lifestyle where you're in school from like 8 a.m. to yeah. 3 p.m. Or, or something along those lines. And then you get to college and then you learn that your classes are essentially either you have one to two classes in one day and then the rest of the day it's like your free time. Yeah. And you're like, what the heck is this? See, because like I got my schedule and it only had like three classes and I'm like, oh, okay, so the three classes are going to be like uh, three hours long. And I was like, no, you know, they're about 20 minutes a piece and they're, you know, then what do I do the rest of the time? <laughs> what do I do with the, what do I do with the, from noontime till dark? What What do I do then? What did you do then? <laughs> I don't know. I just I think I just stayed around school for that for that for that remaining up because I had no idea what to do. I was like my my interpretation of high school was just to go to school, get on the bus, go to school, eight o'clock, come back around three, you know, and then Seoul has uh, you know, food or snacks ready for me. And that was around five o'clock. I, I think I, I experienced the same thing as you because when I finally did get to my classes at Sippy, I, I was expecting, you know, these big auditoriums yeah. with, you know, hundreds of people in there. But the class sizes there were similar to the class sizes that I experienced at the high school. And so each class was probably like 20 to 30 people, just depending on what the course was. But I think and then plus, like I said, it was a tribal college. So, you know, the natives, you know, yeah. all around me. Yeah. So I was uh, I, I felt fairly comfortable. But I think the biggest difference that 
that you know I I noticed uh, immediately was that uh, the ages of my uh, classmates, there were people between the ages of eighteen, probably all the way into their fifties. Really, and so to be in a classroom, you know, with people that at that time, you know, that I I considered you know full grown adults. Yeah, I was like, man, this is I now I know I'm in college because you know I'm with these much older people. Yeah, uh, but it's um, I guess in terms of the classes when I first got there, I guess my mentality was that I didn't have any um, ideas of graduating or using, you know, the type of uh, degree or whatever it is that I was going to school for to put to use. Um, because, you know, I just had this real, uh, I guess, kind of shitty attitude where like, I'm just here to run cross country. Yeah, I'm just here to run cross country, meet girls. And then, you know, if, if I can party, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to party. And so I think that, you know, I didn't focus on my classes as much as I should have. And I was more focused with running cross country because that was so much more exciting to me. And so, you know, when you're a kid, you know, everybody has uh, relatives that are just really into sports. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, one of the funny things is that when you're younger is that, you know, you kind of ask this question, you know, well, well, do natives uh, go to college? And it's kind of like. Uh, no, but they watch a lot of college sports and, you know, they're, they're college, big college fans, but yeah. they don't really go to college. Uh, but you know, when I, when I did start running cross country, we go to these meets in Albuquerque, you know, there's University of uh, New Mexico. And so they would have these big cross country meets um, that they would have that we, we would go to. And I just remember kind of being awestruck because then like I'm seeing these um, other teams from these big universities that I've only seen on like ESPN, the the Dukes and the BYUs, you know, all these big college names that yeah. you normally only see on TV, but they're people other runners are wearing these uniforms with these logos and emblems on them running right next like to sponsorships. me. And, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, I was, I was kind of like, uh, uh, like awestruck in a way, even though I did, had no idea <laughs> who any of those runners were. Yeah. But just the fact that, you know, I was there running this race with all these other people from these big name universities, yeah. it, it made me feel special. And so <laughs> I think that when I was there at Sippy, I was more focused on that than I was on my classes. And then plus, you know, like I told you, you know, because of the education that we received when we were in high school, I probably truly wasn't prepared for college level courses. And so when I started SIPI, I was in like mathematics 89. See, yeah, because language 92. Because we, we, both, we both graduated from Tuba City High School, right? And I don't know if there was like a college course or college ready class i don't know mm -hmm. if there was anything like that during our time yeah I, and I know that now that there are there are there are yeah but i think it was just because we're we're we both graduate when when did we graduate 2003 2003 and it was in the early 2000s that i don't think that we were expected to go to college pretty much like our school just sort of like just said, okay, yeah, as long as they're graduated, they can, you know, roam around. As long as they ain't staying here. As long as they can, you know, <laughs> as long as they stay in here and not make babies too much, you know. And I, I think that's, you know, kind of an adage too as to why, I guess, for some res uh, folks who still think that college is a difficult avenue to pursue. Yeah. It's because, you know, I, I think that with you, your your uh, situation with your family, having a lot of college goers um, is probably different from a lot of ours because at the time when I was in high school, there was only one person in my family that had a college degree and that was my older sister. Yeah. And she, so she got her bachelor's and master's degrees from, uh, I think she got them 
uh, from Arizona State, both of them. Really? And so she was the only person within my family that had been able to accomplish that. So when I was young, thinking that, you know, my dad didn't get a college degree, my taha didn't get a college degree, none of my older cousins yeah. went to college and got their degrees. Yeah. So it was perfectly acceptable that as uh, as that college wasn't a decision to make for your life which is quite the opposite because then when you do go to college and you meet like a lot of bahanas it's for them college is just like getting your high school diploma like it's expected yeah and so we didn't grow up in that way and but i think now like you're saying that I think that native country has kind of uh, developed a lot more from back when we were youngsters that there are native families now who expect their children to, to go, go to, to college. college. For yeah. example, like myself and uh, my, my wife, we both uh, got our degrees over at the best school uh, in the entire world at Arizona State <laughs> University, Go Devils. And so, you know, we both have these expectations of our kids to go to college and get a degree because both of us did it. And, and expecting them to and do expecting like, to yeah. do the same and so it's changed and so um back when i was in kind of dumb and young at sippy thinking that you know i was only there for a running career yeah because you know prior to getting into school i had thought that that was probably the only the only thing that i'm going to be good at is running and so i put all of my efforts into that and so you know i did all all of the kind of the stupid stuff that uh first time kids go uh that what they do when they first get to college, uh, the partying and then, you know, talking to the girls and, and things like that. Um, and so I mentioned in the last episode that Sippy was considered this huge party school. Yeah. And um, it, it what makes me laugh about, you know, a Sippy party is that, you know, you think of a college party, right? You okay. think of, you know, like this lavish club, you know, uh, with, with real pretty girls. What was that, what was that one movie? Remember the... Uh... The togas and the beer. Animal House. Animal House, yeah. And, you know, so that's kind of the stereotype of college parties that you think what these college parties are going to be. Yeah. The toga parties or, you know, these nice uh, parties in these big clubs or, you know, you're at somebody's house and yeah. you know, everyone's getting wild. Yeah. But Sippy being a native school... Just like the reservation, their parties were in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and so a bunch of natives, you know, would pack 10 people deep into a ride and, you know, drive out to where um, in the middle of nowhere, wherever these native parties are yeah. going to be. And it's just like high school because, you know, like going into college, you know, you're not of age. And so whoever was the oldest person in your peer group, you know, if they're above the age of 21, you know, they were charged with uh, go making the getting alcohol the drinks, yep. getting the drinks. Yeah. And then so, you know, you're par you're piling in and then you're going out to the middle of nowhere. You're partying, partying until until the break of dawn. And then, you know, but for some for a lot of people, um, either they didn't have a ride so they couldn't get out to those big, uh, big parties for sippy yeah. that they would choose to drink in the dorm room, get themselves caught. And then, you know, that's kind of how a lot of uh, people got kicked out of sippy uh, early into the semester. So in high school, did you actually attend some of the parties? I there? did attend some of the parties. Really? And so, you know, like I said, both of you were both you and I are Tuba City uh, High School alums. Yeah. And, and my wife, she's an alum of the local school here at Hopi High School. And, you know, I guess those were some of the big differences between the two high schools was because I would ask her sometimes, you know, what were your high school parties like? And, you know, she would kind of describe them as, you know, kind of just small groups, um, maybe partying at somebody's house if uh, somebody's parents were gone. Yeah, because all Hopis are closet drinkers pretty much. <laughs> <'cause we're> closet <laughs> drinkers. Either that or, you know, partying 
uh, kind of somewhere that's, you know, I guess uh, known for to be a party spot. Yeah. But the Tivu parties, there were numerous places out in the middle of nowhere but they all had names. And so, you know, there was a place that they called the fishbowl. Uh, there was a place that they called the rifle range. Um, and then, you know, there, uh, if uh, there's a, a big area north of Tuba that they would just call north. Yeah. And so, you know, you're asking people, so where's the party at? You know, oh, we're going to rifle range. Oh, it's going to be up north. It's going to be at fishbowl. And the joke was that, all of the people, because in Tuba, there was more people in Tuba that had rides, yeah. I, I guess, than there were people out here in Hopi that had rides. And so a lot of the people would gather at the gas station at Super. This was before there was a gas station, the Thuvi Travel Center, yeah. before that was there. And so everybody would gather at Super. And then whoever knew where the party was at, they would lead the line and all the cars (laughs) would follow that lead car to wherever the party was. And so you would just see this long convoy of lights because, you know, it was nighttime and they called that big convoy, they called it the snake. (laughs) They called it the snake and then said, look, let's go see where the snake's going. And so wherever the snake went, that's where the party was going to be. See, I, I think I only attended like one party. Pretty much, I think. I, I think that's. I think that was my thing. So it was party. Yeah, it was it was my birthday party. <laughs> it was uh, it's called the head of the snake. <laughs> I don't know. So, so so I assume that you didn't do a whole lot of partying. No, at, at I was I wasn't a party kind of guy. The, well, in college, uh, I I went to a Christmas party. <laughs> was there alcohol? There was alcohol, and there was women that there were, and. Uh, uh, it was a pretty good story. Is like you know that was my first time drinking Budweiser, <laughs> and, and I was like, oh man, if my dad could do this thing, I could I could drink this stuff here. And I was like, okay, well I'll I'll drink some Budweiser, and it was it tasted nasty. It was like it was it was horrible. It was like don't drink the beer. The beer's bad. The beer's bad. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And then uh, and my my friend, um, he was my my roommate. Uh, he uh, he told me about uh, what was the uh, schnapps or is it? Yeah, schnapps. Yeah, the, schnapps. Yeah, schnapps. Peppermint schnapps. Peach schnapps. Peach schnapps. Yeah. And okay. he's like, okay, so drink this thing here. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, this is this tastes like punch here. I was like, there's no alcohol in here. But I I believe that um, during those times they had Zima. Remember yeah. that remember that drink non non alcoholic non alcoholic beer, right? beer yeah it's like and I was like okay well I'll drink the up drink the peach schnapps and then I'll I'll drink the the zima and I was like man zima is like tastes nasty it tastes nasty and um it tastes nasty and it 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 tastes weird and uh it doesn't taste like alcohol whatsoever. I've never tasted Zima before. <laughs> you never tasted no. Zima before? I, I think I think what the universal native beers are probably like uh, Budweiser, Budweiser, Coors, yep. uh, Natural Ice. Natural Ice, maybe a 40. And, uh, un- unofficial sponsor of the or reservation is a, is a T-Bird. T-Bird. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever they have in their backpacks or their little brown bags or whatever. Oh, no, no. Mickey's. Mickey's was like the... That, that was the go-to. That was the that was the high school drink. That was like the 
official Tuba City High School drink. Uh, actually, I was going to say, I think it was O-E. O-E's. O-O-E. And uh, 211s. <laughs> 211s. Steel Reserves. God damn. That's going way and back there. <laughs> I guess that's kind of the... Well, I mean, I, I don't know if there are real differences. I mean, I guess they're kind of similarities. But when you partied with the Hopis... You always went to somebody's fields, I feel like. Yeah. On on uh, on I'm the moon puppy side at least. I'm pretty sure that's what happened out here on uh Hopi Hopi High. Pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause Hopi High is like a prison and in itself pretty much. <laughs> I don't know whoever went there it probably were wore like prison outfits or something like that. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was like that. <laughs> Carl's opinions are not shared by the other members of the Carl and J Man Saves the World podcast. <laughs> But, you know, when you go to Hopi High, it's so way out there. And I don't know. I was like, how do you party from from here? How do you how do you ditch school? How, where do you go to ditch? Apparently, you party in the classrooms <laughs> from the stories that I've heard <laughs> of Hopi God High damn. School. Opinions from uh, Sit There Not, uh, sponsored by uh, CJ Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so back to college. Well... <laughs> Well, anyway, it's like, uh, so when I was in, when I had my 18th birthday in, in college and my roommate said that, I think you're, I think it's time for you to go to a strip club. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. All right. Let's do this. Let's, let's go ahead and go to the strip club. And we, it was downtown Tempe. I remember it was at Christie's Cabaret Ooh. on Broadway, Christie's Cabaret on Broadway. So write that down, kids. I'm familiar with the location. <laughs> And right next to Christie's Cabaret was Waffle House. Yes. Yeah. And so, okay, I was like, okay, let's go down there. Let's do that. And so we said, okay, is there like a birthday special? Is there something that you could... <laughs> Can I order pancakes? I... <laughs> no, this was at the strip bar. Not... <laughs> well, some strip bars offer food. <laughs> and my birthday was on a Tuesday. It was on a Tuesday. And I was like, okay, well, I have class in about two hours from now. And I was like, okay, let's do this really quickly. And it was during the, it was during the nighttime, pretty much. I was like, okay, I want to try the night classes. And so I went to Christie's and we went in and I was like, it wasn't, it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't what I expected to, to view from like, uh, like all of these movies from strip club, you know, like movies that had strip clubs in them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so you're expecting like Demi Moore. I was expecting, yeah, I was expecting like pretty girls there. You know, I was expecting like maybe Robert Redford sitting at the, <laughs> sitting at the, you know, bar table. So what did you get? <laughs> what, what, what did you see? I, I saw scars. I saw stretch marks. Bullet holes. Bullet holes. Stab wounds. <laughs> I saw a guy in his, uh, in his PJs. <laughs> and I saw, I saw things that, you know, no 18 year old should ever see except on <laughs> movies. <laughs> That, that explains a lot about you, Carl. I, I'm pretty learning much. a lot more about you through this podcast. And the smells. The smells were weird. I was like, the TV didn't teach us about the smells here. <laughs> I was like, what's the smell? What's the smell? What's that? What's that smell? <laughs> yeah, you, you did not show any of this on Stripsies. <laughs> Demi Moore didn't show anything like this here. Where's Demi Moore? <laughs> Welcome to the real world. <laughs> And that was my interpretation. I was, I'm a small town res guy that goes to a big city and experience strip clubs for the first time. And it was weird. I, I, think, I, I think that was the first and last time that I ever went. 
No comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I guess, you know, with, with um, when you're partying at, at such a young age, you know, I, I guess, well, I, I guess more so for me than you is that, you know, you kind of learn how to, uh, I, I guess, uh, get get the alcohol because yeah. you know nobody's of age when you first get to college and um it's funny because at sippy you know i learned some tricks uh from some people of, of how to get the alcohol into the dorm room yeah i i had a buddy um because my second by the time i got to my second year at sippy my dad let me take the truck to Albuquerque. So I had a ride by the second time, uh, by my second year at Sippy. And so, uh, one of my buddies, he asked me to take him to uh, Walmart in Albuquerque to, um, to, I guess at the time I thought it was a grocery run. And so I just sat in the truck while he went in and got what he needed to get. And so he comes out with, uh, two of the liter bottles of Sprite and then he pulls out several six packs of Smirnoff ice. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with Smirnoff, Smirnoff ice. ice, yeah. And so he gives me one of the liters of Sprite, and he's like, "Here, drink this, drink this." And I'm like, what? "What? What are we doing?" And so you know, I'm drinking this liter of Sprite, and then you know, I, I guess I finally kind of caught on to what he was doing. Yeah. And so you know, I I downed this uh, liter of Sprite. I mean, I, I probably didn't completely drink it all. You know, I think I dumped a little bit of it out. And then so he's like, "Here, help me." And so he hands me the empty bottle of the of the Sprite. And we each start cracking these bottles of Smirnoff ice. And then we start pouring the Smirnoff into the into the Sprite bottles. <laughs> and so these uh, Sprite bottles are completely filled with Smirnoff ice. And so we go back to the campus and we get back to the dorms. And, you know, because I told you that it's a zero tolerance policy for alcohol. So yeah. we get into the dorms. And so, you know, if you have groceries in hand, the dorm aides, I guess is what they're called, is that they check your bags to see what's in there. And then so they look into his bag and all they see are, are leaders of Sprite and you know a couple of other things and so yeah. you know so you go through and so I followed him to his room and so he gets to his room and then you know his roommates uh, they all come and then you know they start breaking out the, the Sprite and they start pouring <laughs> each other alcohol and you know that's kind of one of the tricks that, that he used to uh, be able to get alcohol into the dorms. We don't endorse, CJ Podcast does not endorse uh, any college drinking out there. If, if your children don't drink in college yes <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess, you know, for me, that was kind of my early experiences was being at Sippy. But then eventually, you know, once I, I completed Sippy, I moved over to um, I, I I guess I. Uh, I transferred over to Mesa Community College. Yeah. But then also to, to kind of give Sippy some credit as to, to who I am today, you know, like I said, you know, my moniker, my, my, my self-proclaimed moniker is the five diamond, uh, the five star five diamond chef. Yeah. But a lot of that for me also started at Sippy because when I first got to Sippy, what I went to school for was uh, they called it institutionalized cooking and baking. And so I think for me where that started was that when I was a, a kid, uh, my soul used to watch all these cooking shows. Really? And I don't know if a lot of other souls are like that, but my soul was like that. She used to watch all these cooking shows and she used to really write down the recipes of whatever um, they were making on these cooking shows. But then it always used to make me laugh because she would always write down these recipes and she would never <laughs> cook it. She would never make whatever, you know, they were showing on, on the on the TV. Uh, but she would write the recipes down. And I think as a kid, you know, you see those types of things. And we used to play cook, you know, yeah. we used to go outside and we used to kind of dig this hole into the ground and act like it's your mixing bowl. And then, you know, the sands, your seasonings and you're taking all the weeds yeah. and you're cutting it up. That's your herbs and your spices. And then you're adding all those things 
things together. And so when I graduated from high school going to SIPI, I had no idea what it is that I wanted to go to school for. And so when I looked at the list of the programs that were available at that school, the cooking class, the cooking program is what stood out to me. And I thought, you know, why don't I try this? And so when I got to SIPI and started going through those courses, um, they kind of taught us, you know, it was, it was mostly about baking. Uh -huh. and so like, you know, baking bread, um, cakes, pies, uh, that sort of thing. And so um, that's one skill set that I really learned early. And it's funny to me because then, you know, when I think about that experience, learning how to bake bread, like yeah. it makes you think about your moms and your sisters and their bread making because, you know, most Hopi girls learn how to make bread. But it's so funny to me because they're so religious about how they make it. Yeah. See, they're never, so stubborn. You never about want, how they you never make want to mess with a, a Hopi woman's bread making. And like that's their that's their thing there. And what they're so proud of is that they don't measure anything. No, and no. you know they don't measure you know how much flour goes no, into they it just, or salt or they whatever. They just toss whatever. It's, it's, it's handfuls. Yeah, and so it. I, I guess it kind of makes me laugh because that when I did get into the setting to where I had to learn how to make bread, I guess the pahana way was that you know their their. Um, idea is that you know baking is a science that you know everything <laughs> has to be measured to its precise measurements and then you make it yeah. that way so that's kind of you know how i learned how to make bread was was in that in that manner but because like i said you know because i in my own head i i thought that i was only there to uh run cross country so oftentimes you know i would show up and kind of be uh i guess lazy and not really wanting to learn and I it, and because cross country was the only sport that was at that school at that time. Yeah. Uh, well, they had basketball. They had a, a basketball team as well. But because they were limited on the sports teams that we were kind of like the jocks of campus. We were we were treated like, you know, how stereotypical jocks are. treated. Yeah. You know, you yeah. got to slide in your classes because you were representing the school to run these meets or to play these basketball games. And so I think for whatever reason, my instructor or the, you know, the guy that was kind of in charge of the program he yeah. let me slide a lot really and so you know i didn't truly learn the types of things that i should have learned in order to be able to graduate those classes mm. well you know what you want to get out of here it's about that time i think it's about that time you know, uh, I think we should continue this uh, discussion I, about. I feel like that we've only reached the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I think so, too. I think this is a two-parter here. So so join us next week um, for uh, part two of Carl and J-Man Go to College. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I th yeah, two-parter next week. You know, same time, same, av same avenue. I'm your host, Carl, and this is J-Man. Um, remember to follow us on Facebook. Email us at cjpodcast85 at gmail.com. All right. Well, thank you so long. Thank you. Bye-bye.